Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. There has been so much breaking news, it's hard to believe that Donald Trump was arrested and arraigned in Miami Federal Courthouse this week. Happened this week, Popak. Let's talk about what has happened since the arraignment, the orders that have been issued by Judge Eileen Cannon, the motion for a protective order filed by Special Counsel Jack Smith, the referral of that motion for a protective order by Judge Eileen Cannon to Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhart, the implications of that protective order as it relates to Donald Trump and his legal team. And then next, let's talk about the ramifications that are being felt from the indictment. How are the federal criminal charges against Donald Trump impacting the state prosecutions and state criminal investigations and cases against Donald Trump. Popak, I know you have your whiteboard filled with all of the various cases and investigations taking place. Also, the United States Supreme Court reached a unanimous decision in a case called Smith versus the United States, although the name Smith in the title of the case actually has nothing to do with special counsel Jack Smith. But the implications of the case as it relates to venue of a federal case, uh, federal criminal case and double jeopardy may in fact impact decisions being made by special counsel Jack Smith. Let's discuss that holding. And also, is special counsel Jack Smith engaged in other criminal investigations of Donald Trump and co-conspirators relating to the theft of national defense information in other jurisdictions in addition to the case filed in Florida? And are these other investigations, I perhaps call it an insurance policy, if you will, if Judge Eileen Cannon, well, pulls a Judge Eileen Cannon. Let's break it all down here on Legal AF. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by my co-host, Michael Popak. Popak, could you believe that the arraignment happened this week? No, it's, we've talked so much about it that I thought it, it was like last month. But yes, we just had federally indicted President of the United States. Before we get going, shout out to Ben Micellis. You don't feel well. You, you have dragged yourself onto this podcast because it matters. And I appreciate it. And everybody <laughs> in the audience does too. But I, I'd be remiss if I didn't tip my hat to you coming on air today, feeling the way oh, that I, you do. I appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, we have very perceptive uh, a community here at Legal AF and the Might is Mighty. They noticed the moment I was coming down with something. I saw in the comments, they were saying, Ben, it looks like you're coming down with something. And they were spot on but yeah. we'll, we'll we'll plow through yeah. it though. you're doing you're doing great yeah the, the arraignment let's just launch right into it um went uh, really the way that we thought it would go except the department of justice made some decisions before they got into the room with uh, magistrate goodman who's only around for that particular arraignment he was the duty magistrate the guy or the person that was just on duty on Tuesdays when the arraignment happened and and got and got the pull of uh, doing that particular assignment. He got to use Chief Judge Altanaga's courtroom, and he thanked her for that at the beginning. He thanked all the courtroom personnel and all the security personnel for making that possible. And then and then he started the arraignment. And the first thing we learned was there's the permanent lawyers, not temporary. They've identified themselves as such as Chris Keis of his own law firm up in Tallahassee, Florida, has already taken $5 million from 
Donald Trump in Save the PAC money for prior cases, other cases. He's going to be the local counsel, the Southern District of Florida counsel, and he's going to be joined by the lead trial counsel, Todd Blanche. Todd Blanche, who left his own law firm to found a new firm so he could have one client, Donald Trump. And um, all the talking was really done after that by Todd Blanche in response to questions by the magistrate. Magistrate was a little bit surprised that the government was not seeking to set stricter conditions on the release of Donald Trump. Release because he had been arrested, just to remind everybody. Process book, yeah, apparently there wasn't a mugshot and there weren't handcuffs, but everything else was done. And in order to release him from custody, there have to be conditions of that. And the magistrate was sort of scratching his head a little bit and saying to the Department of Justice, I mean, I get you don't want a bond amount and you're going to do a personal recognizance release. I guess that's okay. But don't you want our standard conditions down here in the Southern District of Florida? Don't you want limitations on contact with witnesses and other things? And their initial reaction was no. Um, they were not seeking, when they walked into that courtroom, the Department of Justice lead prosecutors um, were not seeking really any conditions on release. I have a theory about that. I'm going to I'm gonna do it when I, after I, I give, throw it I give you my theory too. Yeah, the theory is, the, my theory is they want Trump to screw up. And the more opportunities and rope they give Donald Trump to screw up, um, the better it is for them. So they're not going to give me any specific conditions. What do you think? Same thing. I mean, look yeah. what happened right after. He goes to Bedminster. He gives a press conference or he gives a speech to the ridiculous audience there where he basically further admits to the crimes. And he goes, these are mine. I demand that you give all of these classified documents back to me. And so he basically further incriminated himself. And if there was you know, some sort of gag order, if there were some limitations on his ability to travel. If you imposed limitations and restrictions, you may actually stop him from committing crimes. And one of the things we know we'll talk about in, in a little bit, when with respect to the motion for a protective order that special counsel Jack Smith uh, filed, is that there are, on the second page, you'll see that there's ongoing investigations relating to the documents as well. So in addition to the fact that special counsel Jack Smith is still obviously engaged in a criminal investigation relating to Trump's conduct as it relates to the insurrection and sedition and wire fraud, um, I think there's still other investigations taking place relating to the documents, specifically the Espionage Act provision that relates to transmission, because right now, um, Donald Trump was only charged with the withholding, the willful withholding, not the transmission. And we know, for example, the transmission took place in Jersey. Yeah. And that opens up the whole door to, are we done with this question of venue and location for the trial? People are wringing their hands about, well, why did they check the box, the Department of Justice for West Palm Beach? Because they could have drawn cannon with that. That's not by accident. Let, let's give Jack Smith and his team credit where credit is due. They haven't made one false step in the last seven months. Not one. Not one procedurally, factually, in terms of the presentation, the indictment, nothing. And so they knew there was a chance they could pull Cannon, but they're willing to live with her, understanding that if she's going to give what normally happens with trial judges, most of the major issues get decided not by her, but by magistrate judges like Judge Reinhardt, who she's already delegated and referred major matters to in this case. We'll talk about them. Then, you know, yes, there'll be a motion to dismiss the indictment. There'll be a motion to suppress evidence, but I'm not even sure the motion to suppress evidence, and we'll walk through some of those factors later, would go to her or she would, in this case, allow it to go to her. She might just let Reinhardt, the magistrate, take on as much as possible to take away away from that, you know, she, she's got eyes and ears. She knows that people think that she was way over her skis and pro-Trump and making her earlier decisions in the case of Trump versus the United States following the Mar-a-Lago uh, search warrant execution. And so one of the ways she can sort of rebuild her credibility is lean in and lean on the federal magistrate, in this case, uh, Magistrate um, Reinhardt, and let him do a lot of the heavy lift. And I think that's what you're starting to see already. Back to Goodman for a minute. You know, he did 
impose his own restriction. And Judge Goodman actually pushed back in the Department of Justice and actually imposed his own condition that the Department of Justice wasn't even looking for and said, yeah, I hear you, but I'm going to impose a special condition. And the special condition of release is that there not be any contact about the case between Donald Trump and witnesses identified by the Department of Justice in a list identified by them to the defense. That led to a whole debate in the courtroom led by Todd Blanche and uh, the lawyers for the Department of Justice, the, the special prosecutor, about it. Special prosecutor pushed back and said, oh, it's really hard. We don't want to do that. <laughs> but ultimately, Reinhardt said, I don't care. I'm imposing the condition and you'll come up with the list, Department of Justice. You mean Goodman. Goodman, yeah. Goodman, yeah, exactly. Thanks. You come up with the list. You don't have to make it all inclusive. You can just put the ones you're worried about, basically, and give that list to the defense. And that, and they're not going to be able to talk except through attorneys directly to the people on that list about the case. Understanding that many of the witnesses work at Mar-a-Lago and still are on the payroll of Donald Trump. Some of them, as close as Walt Nauda, the co-defendant who almost got arraigned, but not quite, but did get released that day. He's still working for the president as the person who's with the closest in physical proximity of anybody because he's the body man, butler, valet guy. Um, and so that there was a whole big debate about that. I think where it landed, where that plane landed, is the government will develop a list that it thinks is prudent and appropriate. It'll give it to the defense, and that's going to be the list. And um, that was a decision made by this random day, day duty a magistrate, Magistrate Goodman, but it looks like it's going to hold. The rest of it, no bond, no bail, of course, no pretrial detention in this case. Um, the Department of Justice wasn't looking for that because as Ben, as you and I just said, the more you put Donald Trump out into the world without any restrictions, the more ev new evidence that will be generated that will help you. And that's what they're hoping for, that they get more gifts every day from Donald Trump. So that was that Walt Nauda didn't have a lawyer that was admitted to practice before that court. They rescheduled that for the 27th of June. Um, Blanche made an interesting comment, but I don't know if you caught this. Without naming names, he was obviously talking about Evan Corcoran. Evan Corcoran is going to be a lead witness for the prosecution. It's not just his 50 pages of handwritten notes as an attorney for Donald Trump from Mar-a-Lago or his testimony at, or his uh, audio recordings. He's going to testify live in a courtroom in front of a jury. And they're, they're going to have that fight. That's going to be the first hand-to-hand -hand combat between the defense and the prosecution is a motion to suppress that evidence because they're going to claim that the attorney-client privilege should not have been stripped away from Donald Trump because he holds the privilege as the client, to force Evan Corcoran to testify about all the deepest, darkest conversations about them, and that the crime fraud exception should not have been applied by Chief Judge Beryl Howell, who found that it was more likely than not that Donald Trump committed a crime or a fraud using his lawyer and therefore stripped him of that uh, privilege. If That's, that's going to be the first major fight in the case. But one of the comments that, that Blanche made in the courtroom made my hair stand on end, which was he said one of the lead uh, lawyer witnesses is still a lawyer for Donald Trump. If he's talking about Evan Corcoran, and Evan Corcoran, we, we've all reported because we believe that was true based on prior, prior reports by Evan Corcoran that he had quit the case. If they've tried to bring him back under the tent in order to strengthen their hand on a future motion to suppress... That, that's that's bombshell news. And you and I are going to have to continue to follow whether Evan Corcoran is going to be able to be that lawyer or the prosecutor is going to move to disqualify him as a lawyer because of his role as, as being a chief witness against his own client. This is not over. But that's who I think that they were talking about. Todd Blanche was talking about in the courtroom. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's possible that Evan Corcoran is representing Trump on other matters as well. And so we'll we'll see. But um, a flurry of motions and orders were filed. One of the first indications that Judge Eileen Cannon was not going to self-recuse came when she filed an uh, administrative order directing all of Donald Trump's lawyers to uh, contact the Department of Justice and make 
make sure that they fill out all the appropriate paperwork uh, because this is a case brought under the uh, statute known as SEPA, the Classified Information Procedures Act. So the fact that she filed a substantive order told us, well, if she was going to recuse, she would have recused already. And then thereafter, uh, later in the week, special counsel Jack Smith filed a motion for uh, protective order before Judge Eileen Cannon, which also indicated to us that the Department of Justice is not going to be filing, at least as of yet, a motion to recuse because they would have done that presumably before filing uh, this uh, motion for a protective order. So Popak, first talk to us about what this motion for protective order is. I will note this though as well, Judge Eileen Cannon um, did the correct thing with the motion for a protective order. So the first rulings, the first ruling she's made is the correct one. I mean, it's giving her a lot of credit for something that's fairly simple, but before she clearly violated the law, he or she referred the motion for a protective order to Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt to decide, and she didn't make the decision on her own. But walk us through what the protective order motion is about, um, and are you surprised that uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith did not file the motion uh, for recusal at this point? Well, let me start with that one. I'm not. I'm not surprised. I think that they were very. Anybody that thinks Jack Smith and Jay Pratt and all the people that are leading the team on the Mar-a-Lago case did not take into account the possibility on a venue decision that they made, a definitive decision they made for a reason, that they could they could pull Eileen Cannon, people are fooling themselves. They are whip smart. They knew that there was a chance. I'm not surprised if they even called over to the clerk and found out the odds, which would, we, we later found out was one in four, not one in 15. And so they knew that could happen. I think they got a couple of cards up their sleeve. One, they already went a couple of rounds in a heavyweight match with Eileen Cannon, and she almost got knocked out by the 11th Circuit. Her bosses, including the chief judge, and a lot of Trump judges were against her. Um, so they have a maybe a slightly singed, if not chased, Judge Cannon, who is going to mind her P's and Q's a little bit better this time around. They let her play it out even when they, she made initially bad rulings in the Trump versus U.S. case after Mar-a-Lago to, tr- to stop the criminal investigation in its tracks. They let her make a couple of decisions that they didn't quite like. And then when it finally got to that third, like the special master will look at the hundred documents. They're like, okay, enough. Now we're going to go to the 11th circuit with a full body of record, full record here. I think something similar here. They're going to watch her carefully. If she does anything kind of weird and already she hasn't weird would be her jumping into the mix and taking away from the magistrate judge who this is really what they do. This is their bailiwick taking away from them discovery issues, issues about, you know, um, uh, even national security, security clearance issues in a case like this, that goes to the magistrate. I mean, that those are things, the magistrate judge, especially in criminal law, is given a tremendous amount of responsibility and power to handle the day-to-day matters of a case, even ones that implicate national security issues. If she hadn't done that and said, I got this, or Reinhardt, have a seat. I'll take her. I'm the, I'm the Article Three judge. Then you and I, our eyebrows would have went up, as would have uh, Jack Smith. So I think they're testing her. This is probing and testing by the Department of Justice to see if she can stay in her lane. And if she doesn't, they know either because it's a SIPA, Classified Information Procedures Act case, or otherwise, they have a fast track to the 11th Circuit as as an outlet if they need it. Also, they have, as you mentioned earlier, in the um, in the motion for protective order that I'll go over now, they've indicated that there is, an, on, of course, an ongoing series of investigations about documents and other things, i.e., we know there's multiple grand juries out there. Some of these witnesses overlap. Some of the documents and evidence overlap. And then you have this issue of venue. Like, why are we in South Florida? And how did we end up in Miami? Well, Jay Bratt, who's the chief a lawyer for the prosecution, checked the box for West Palm Beach because that that signaled an underlying um, uh, debate that and the resolution of that debate within the Department of Justice. Where do we sue Donald Trump? Where do we indict Donald Trump? 
And there is a case that just came out about two or three days after the indictment that I know they were carefully watching. Their boss, Merrick Garland, was a appellate judge for a long, long time. He didn't make it to the Supremes, but he was an appellate judge. And you know he's an academic. And they knew about the Smith case. And what the Smith case eventually, the Supreme Court came out with, I think even in a 9-0 decision. 9-0, yep. It was 9-0, right? Yep. Everybody joined together. Is that if you if you indict somebody in the wrong venue, should have been San Diego and you did San Francisco, even though there might have been a hook for one of them, and it turns out you were wrong, it is reversible error and gives right to a new trial. Now, it doesn't mean the person walks. They may walk from custody if they happen to be in custody. Because that was one of the issues there, right. Popak, in the case. One of the issues was the criminal defendant in that case, if we were to use the example of Trump here, right? Let's, pres- let's presume that Trump, the DOJ brought the case against Trump in D.C., and then it went through trial, went to a jury, uh, Trump was convicted, and then the uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals found the wrong jur- found this was the wrong jurisdiction. Using this body of case law, had this case not been decided this way, Trump would have said that functions as an acquittal. You can't now bring the case in Miami, the correct venue. But here in the nine O decision, right, the Supreme Court said, "Well, it's reversible error, but." That doesn't mean that Donald Trump, you get acquitted. It just means that you start the whole process over again in the right court. And, and so I've seen a lot of people, yeah, I've seen a lot of people talking about this case and basically saying, well, you see, Jack Smith should have filed in the wrong jurisdiction because the worst case scenario is if it gets overturned, all you got to do is you got to just try it in Miami after kind of too bad. So sad. I want to talk to you about that and have the debate with you why I think that's wrong. But first, let's go to a quick ad break. This is Michael Popak from Legal AF. If you're like me, you understand the pains of choosing what to wear. Let's face it. Most clothes are uncomfortable or too tight or are never actually the size you really are. Not to mention the annoyance of trying to put a good outfit together. And when you do have a good fit, you can only wear it for a few hours before you have an important meeting or dinner, and then you gotta change all over again. Everyone wants to dress the best and look good at all times because, frankly, it's a confidence booster. So here's the deal. Men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible set of products known to man. And here's why. Roan helps you get ready for any occasion with the commuter collection, which offers the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, one-quarter zips, and polos. You never have to worry about what to wear when you have the Roan commuter collection. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy whatever life throws your way, from your commute to work, to your 18 holes of golf. It's time to feel confident without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the products. It's that easy. And with its gold fusion anti-odor technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. I absolutely love Roan. As you can see, this has truly become my go-to commuter fit and on the Legal AF podcast recordings. We're on the move a lot, whether it's jumping from meeting to meeting or catching a flight or an important dinner. The Roan Commuter Collection has never let me down. The versatility and comfort of the collection is undefeated. Even after I wear it all day, I still feel super fresh because of that Gold Fusion anti-odor technology. The Commuter Collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash legalaf and use promo code legalaf to save 20% on your entire order. That's 20% on your entire order when you head to r-h-o-n-e slash legalaf, promo code legalaf. Find your corner office. Breathe some life into your own backyard with fastgrowingtrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, Let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. Wish you had your own personal plant expert? Well, now you do with FastGrowingTrees.com. Their experts will help guide you on how to diagnose and treat common plant problems year-round. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant 
shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem, because with FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I love fast-growing trees because I found that Honeycrisp apple tree I was looking for at a great price, and you will too. And with fast-growing trees, 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. So join over 1.5 million happy fast-growing trees customers. Go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash legalaf now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash LegalAF. Welcome back. We are live here on Legal AF. Great ad reads. Thank you. Popak, where we left off, we were talking about the United States Supreme Court case, Smith versus the United States, which was just decided on June 15th, a 9-0 decision having to deal with venue and the fact that if an individual is tried and convicted in the wrong venue that doesn't serve as basically a, a, an acquittal of all of the charges for purposes of double jeopardy. It just means that the case can be retried in the correct jurisdiction. And before I left off, I was recounting some people who were trying to cite this case for the proposition of, see, special counsel Jack Smith should have just filed in the wrong jurisdiction. And if he lost, what's the worst that's going to happen? Then you just file in Miami, you know, two or three years from now after all of the appeals. Popak, why is that? I, not? I think help. you just gave me the uh, you just gave me the answer in the rhetorical. It was the rhetorical two or three years from now. Why isn't that a good thing, Popak? First of all, the people that said that, and there are good legal analysts and people that we admire that said it. And I was shaking my head like, what are you talking about? Um, there, the prosecution not only owns a calendar, they own a watch and they know the time that they're up against. They got the case seven months ago because that's when the special prosecutor was created by Merrick Garland. And there is, there is a primary season and a presidential election that's coming up and they don't have the luxury of um, of waiting, trying an entire case seven or eight months from now over a couple of months, because it's a couple of month trial at best, maybe a month, month and a half, then finding out that there's then an appeal that would go six to eight months to a year where they've challenged the wrong venue in, in Washington, D.C., and then a retrial in front of another judge in 2026. Do you see how this math doesn't really work? So people... In order for people to be upset with Jack Smith, and again, understand that on Legal AF, we think he hasn't made one false move in the last seven months at all. He's outmanned, outgunned, and out-strategized his opponents every, sh every way, shape, and form. Every witness, every witness's lawyer, not just Donald Trump's two lawyers, make that 25 lawyers for all the witnesses that they've, out they've outsmarted. And so... People that in order to say we sh he should have waited an extra three days for the Smith decision to come out of the Supreme Court were putting way too much emphasis on Eileen Cannon and, as the boogeyman in the case. Oh, my God, Eileen Cannon, case is over. Trump's going to win. We're done. No. Okay. she. We have a backstop. It's It's instant appeal to the 11th Circuit, which seems to be favoring the Department of Justice and all things Trump. Supreme Court, which even though it's supremely right wing, six to three, does not side with Trump on almost anything it hasn't over the last two years. So they know they've got that and they wanted to avoid the venue issue because by suing Donald Trump in his backyard, that eliminates one of several motions they're going to make and a reversible error type motions. And just trying the case again doesn't help anybody. We want to get, not, it's not just about getting indictments. It's about getting convictions of Donald Trump and get them under our belt 
before we start getting into the 60 days before an election and the Department of Justice's manual that says don't prosecute at that particular moment, although we'll talk about later whether we think that's really going to apply here. But if it does, and we're going to talk about the four other civil and criminal cases later in the podcast that are all currently on the docket right with with dates but what but what has now happened because the federal court the federal indictment having now been reached by Jack Smith and another one following close behind he's also left open the door and he's sort of mentioned it Jack Smith and Jay Pratt in their motion for protective order where they said okay we're not going to try to gag him except in one major way We'll give Donald Trump and his lawyers all the Brady, B-R-A-D-Y material, the material that the, the by due process, constitutionally, the, the uh, prosecutors have to give the defense early on in a case, witness statements and documents and evidence, things that can both um, uh, incul- inculpate somebody, make them guilty, and exculpate them, make them innocent, all has to go to the defense. But, but under certain restrictions and guidelines. Protective order, which was agreed to by Blanche and Keis for Trump. So this was submitted as an agreed order to the magistrate judge. Um, and, and what it says is Trump will not be able to comment directly or indirectly about anything that he's given in evidence in the case, Brady material by the government, full stop, end of story. And if he does, criminal and civil contempt sanctions and other sanctions, he has to acknowledge would exist. And so you have that. Then um, he has to, Donald Trump and Walt Nauta, have to look at these things under the watchful eye of their lawyers and their lawyer's staff. They can't take anything with them. They can't have a box delivered to the Mar-a-Lago bedroom like he did with the documents originally to go look through them and then return it back to his lawyer. No trust. There's no trust and therefore no reason to verify. He has to look at it and there has to be a a custodian of records at the law firm that keeps track of the in and out of everything that's in those boxes. And people have to sign certificates, um, experts and other people that would be looking at these things that work for the law firms, that they acknowledge the existence of the protective order and will comply with it and not talk about anything in the box. And Donald Trump can take notes. But he has to, those notes stay with the lawyers and stay under lock and key and have to be cataloged. So it's a very tight, tight thing there related to um, the, the documents that are being uh, exchanged. Now, one other open item, you have the ability based on the protective order and the motion for it, that there are other ongoing investigations and there's other cases that could be filed. There could be a case filed against Donald Trump, even related to documents and Espionage Act in either DC and or Bedminster. Everybody on our show says, what about Bedminster? We now know there was a SUV, there was a, a, a private jet filled with boxes. They never executed a search warrant there. They're instead relying on witness testimony of the maintenance worker and Walt Nauta eventually and, other, and, and Evan Corcoran to put that case together. But so they don't need a search warrant. They're just going to say, you got it. You took it with you. The two items that are listed in the indictment that you took with you to Bedminster and you showed like the war map and the nuclear codes, that's it. Two counts, two out of the 37 against you from Bedminster. So they could do a New Jersey, which would be the District of New Jersey. There's one district in New Jersey, uh, District of New Jersey federal judge. That could be another case with another grand jury. That's Those doors are all left open. The open item, I want to also do a quick one with you, Ben, here, uh, and I'll do a hot take on it, is people are wondering if it's all classified and top secret and there's 31 counts related to the highest level of our national security defense information, how do you show this to the jury, let alone the lawyers and the, the accused? Because they have a due process right to see the evidence against them, whether it's the Sixth Amendment or the Fifth Amendment, they have a right. And the jury and the accused has a right to a public trial. So how do you do all that? Well, firstly, we have an order by Judge Cannon that that tells the defense, hurry up and get your security clearance through the Department of Justice and the feds. Takes about a month. Start it now. Hurry up because you're not going to get any of the top secret or classified information until people on your legal team are cleared to look at these things. So that process has already started. Takes about 30 days, you know. It could be a little bit shorter, a little bit longer, but they're not going to be seeing the bad stuff until they get that clearance. Then as to the others like Donald Trump, 
if it remains a top secret classified document, and we know there's at least 31 at the highest level, they got to go look at it in a skiff, in a in a, um, a segment. You've Sensitive compartment and information Thank facility. You. I'm down to the acronyms. There is mm-hmm. not a skiff in the Miami courthouse. There is one across the street. So they're going to have to go look at documents in this, this secured room. That's the second thing. And then the third thing people wonder, well, how is the jury going to hear about all this? All right, well, here's how that works. And I'll do a hot take on it. Under the silent witness rule, the jury will see these things in camera. We'll see the really, the secret sauce of all these top secret nuclear codes and things that are really, you know, the 31 counts of the indictment and the pieces of paper that go with that. They'll see it in confidence, confidential areas, in private. They won't have to apparently get their own top secret security clearance, but they will, of course, be admonished by the judge about what they can and can't do with that information. But they will see it in camera. In the courtroom, that information will not be revealed to the public. Instead, it'll be a version of country A's nuclear secrets. Uh, Prime Minister B made a comment. Uh, document 36. And then they'll look it up on their little charts to see what document 36 is. And that's called the silent witness rule, meaning the, the, the witness that's testifying about the document has to redact from the information anything that's top secret or classified. And this is the battle, the tension between the intelligence community that really cares about what's in those boxes and, it's, and the, and the um, impact it has on our national security and compromising our national security, which is why we're here under the Espionage Act. Not because we're, we're, we're retaliating in a political way against Donald Trump. It's because he compromised and put our country at risk because of what he did. So you got the tension between the intelligence community and the prosecutors. The prosecutors, if left to their own devices, they'd show it all. They got their own Fifth and Sixth Amendment considerations. They want to avoid a reversible error. They don't want to give the defense uh, an ability to, uh, to, to, to have the case tried again. And they want to show it all. And the intelligence community is like, you can't do that because it's intelligence, it's intelligence information that will put our country at risk. So the way they compromise is through that silent witness rule. The funny thing is, Ben, I just in doing the research for the pod today, that issue even though it's been done for years in courthouses, 40 years the silent witness rule has been done as a matter of common law. There's only one case that that has approved it officially on the record. It was two years ago dealing with a case in Virginia, um, the Mallory case. That's it. That's the entire jurisprudence around the silent witness rule, although it's been done dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And that's how we expect it'll be done here. Yep. And a uh, few things. So first and foremost, Judge Eileen Cannon's two main substantive orders have followed the law and, in fact, have expedited things, right? As you mentioned, expediting the security clearance process for Donald Trump's lawyers. Eileen Cannon right away said, get it done immediately, like within a five-day period, come back and uh, submit a certificate certification of uh, compliance. And then as soon as special counsel Jack Smith submitted the protective order, uh, Judge Eileen Cannon, um, the protective order was actually submitted to Judge Eileen Cannon. And I think Jack Smith was doing that purposefully. I think Jack Smith knew that it would normally go to the magistrate, right? But I think he was testing Eileen Cannon. And she did the right thing. She immediately sent it to Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhardt. You know, for all those people, too, who are saying, well, you know, is Jack Smith getting soft or, you know, what's Jack Smith doing here? Without flinching, he filed a 37 count indictment (laughs) against Donald Trump seeking 400 years in prison. Okay, Um, and he's developed one of the uh, most qualified teams of national security lawyers who are working with special counsel Jack Smith. We mentioned uh, Jay Bratt, who is the counselor to the special counsel, Julie Edelstein, senior assistant special counsel, Karen Gilbert, assistant special counsel, David Harbach, assistant special counsel. Those names we'll start talking more about. Those are the people who are going to be uh, in the courtroom. So far from anything weak or soft, as we mentioned earlier in this episode, no, it was kind of putting traps there for Donald Trump, knowing that Donald Trump's going to do exactly what he did that night after the arraignment at Bedminster, 
where he said, yeah, I took them and they better return it to me. Everybody knows I should get it back. And then he went on his social media platform and said the same thing. I demand they return all of those documents. They are all mine, which again is just more evidence because in these criminal cases, people like Donald Trump have the right to remain silent. Um, he would almost certainly be invoking his Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination and not testify. But these are statements against a party opponent. This is better than depositions. <laughs> this is better than testimony. This is better than any discovery special counsel Jack Smith could ever wish for in some of their other espionage cases. Um, you know, they had to go through tens of thousands of emails to try to find one smoking gun email that says everything that Donald Trump says every day over and over again. You know, and then there are some people too, and Popak, I know you've got this message um, where they say, Ben and Popak, you've told us, you know, that you're not worried about Eileen Cannon. Why are you saying that you're not worried knowing what's happening right now? Um, I think it's because of the fact that we've practiced as trial lawyers. We know the duration of what these cases are. We know who the players are on special counsel Jack Smith's team. As we stated, you know, is special counsel Jack Smith going to seek a recusal right away? As you mentioned earlier in this episode, under the Classified Information Procedures Act, a lot of these issues will be expedited to the 11th Circuit if Judge Eileen Cannon makes a bad ruling. And so I really am not worried at, at, at all. The same way everybody was saying, Merrick I remember when everyone was saying this, Popak, when we were getting a lot of crap because people were saying Merrick Garland's soft. There's no way there's going to be an indictment. He has no he balls. Was just doing this. You know, and I heard all that and I said, no, here's the team. The special counsel Jack Smith is being put in there because if there's a crime, he's not going to be scared. He's not going to be a muller. It's the exact opposite of that. And then finally, we talk about what's in that protective order, that Easter egg, if you will, where um, special counsel Jack Smith talks about other investigations that are related to this one of other individuals who may be charged. And so many have speculated, including us, that that's referring to uh, potential crimes relating to transmission of national defense information under the Espionage Act, because notably missing from this 38 count indictment with 37 counts against Donald Trump and one that didn't overlap with uh, his co-defendant Walt Nauta is the transmission. It was just willful retention of the national defense information. But clearly what took place at Bedminster was the transmission of it, not just the retention of it. So we will we will see there. We will uh, we will, well, we let, will be let's do a segue. It. Let's do a segue. There's another case, the case of Airman Teixeira, who just got indicted in Massachusetts for six counts, many of them overlapping with Donald Trump's counts, including the Espionage Act, which answers the question for those that asked it on the Republican or MAGA side, what did Donald Trump do that was so wrong? He's not a spy. He's not espionage. He didn't commit espionage. It doesn't matter what his intentions were. All that matters is that he didn't accidentally, but instead intentionally and willfully retain national defense information. Um, whether he used it, was going to use it, planned to use it, doesn't matter. That he had it in his possession and refused to return it upon demand. Demand that started while he was still in the White House with the National Archive all the way through his, his Mar-a-Lago from the subpoena all the way to the search warrant and all the way to today. Okay, he still has the opportunity, well, let's, let's say just before indictment, he had the opportunity to, to come clean, turn over all the documents, have the DOJ and the FBI go in there and sort through the boxes themselves and take out what was necessary. And then, you know, sort of get wrapped on the knuckles and take his lumps, decided not to do that. He wanted to go all the way, but but to Shara, there's a quote, we, hopefully Salty can put it up. There's a quote in there that I love. It says, this is from Merrick Garland um, uh, and, and Christopher Wray, the FBI director. 
And it says that the FBI and our partners remain firm in our commitment to hold accountable those who endanger our national security and the security of our allies around the world. That's a message to Donald Trump as well, that the law doesn't show favor or fear against anybody. You could be a 21-year-old Air Corpsman IT guy who decides to take a series of documents and share it with his buddies on a gaming platform to which compromised the national security of this country, including about the U- Ukraine and the war there and other people. Or you can be Donald Trump, what, what uh, Magistrate Goodman kept reminding the defense lawyers on the team was former President Donald Trump. They kept saying President Trump and Goodman kept saying former President uh, Donald Trump. And that it doesn't matter um, that he had an obligation to return these things. And it's not the back to the whataboutism in their defense. It's not about, well, what about Hillary and the server? What about Biden and the Corvette and the garage? What about Pence? What about Obama and his library? That's not what it's about. What it's about is that he obstructed justice. He hid the documents. He he spoon-fed the documents, the National Archive. He hid them from his own lawyer. He compelled them to lie, the lawyers to lie to the Department of Justice and suborn perjury, if you will. That's Hillary didn't do that. Hillary didn't, when they were coming for the server in Chappaqua, she didn't take it and put it on a midnight flight to Little Rock. Okay. She didn't have the IT. I mean, the IT guy, I think, in, in a transfer erased a couple of emails. All right. But, but she came clean right away. Right. And it probably helped tank her career and her ability to become the president of the United States because of that and what at the time the FBI director decided to do with her during the last two week stretch of the election. But she took, all right, she did the right thing. Biden, the same thing. As soon as the, they, they didn't, it wasn't a whistleblower on Biden. He went back and said, hey, we better make sure we don't have anything in a glass house sitting somewhere. And they reported, oh, we got a problem. We got a locked closet, University of Delaware, with a bunch of your documents. Oh, turn them over immediately. Get rid of them. Have them, have them search the house. That's Joe Biden. That's why he's not charged with Espionage Act. Mike Pence, I presume the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's not an equivalency. You're conflating two different things. Having the cookie jar and having your hand in the cookie jar are two different concepts. They're apples and lawnmowers. They're not even fruit that's being compared. So that's that's where we are with all things, I think, on the arraignment. Um, yeah, and let's and talk the, about yeah. the ramifications of the arraignment on the various state prosecutions. Is it going to delay the state prosecutions? And uh, what can we expect there? But before doing that, let's take our last break of the day. Oh, you're going to love this one. Green Chef has expanded their menu. Now choose from over 50 weekly menu and market items with the option to mix and match meals in the same box without changing your plan. Get everything you need at Green Market, your one-stop shop for quick breakfasts, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more you can easily add onto your weekly order. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well, with meals that work for you, not the other way around. Celebrate summer with seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. Green Chef is the only meal kit that has both carbon and plastic offset. Green Chef offsets 100% of their delivery admissions to your door, as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the U.S. Bring more flavor to your table this summer with Green Chef's delicious, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables and unique farm-fresh ingredients like tart cherries, truffle zest, and rainbow carrots. My absolute favorite, spicy chicken and broccoli stir fry. Delicious. Go to greenchef.com slash legalaf60 and use code legalaf60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash legalaf60 and use code legalaf60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of taking so many supplements, and I wanted a single solution that supports my entire body and covers my nutritional basis every day. I want a better gut health, a boost in energy, immune system support, 
and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I drink AG in the morning to start my day. It makes me feel unstoppable and ready to take on anything. And on top of it all, I'm doing something good for my body. I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves, and I'm covering my nutritional basis. I've tried a ton of different supplements out there, but this is different. And the ingredients are super high quality. I got started with AG1 because I used to take all these different pills and gummies, who knows what, and frankly, what I was taking was expensive, and I didn't even know if it was good for me. But with AG1, I know what I'm consuming has the best ingredients and also tastes delicious. AG1 makes it easier for you to take the highest quality supplements, period. When I started my AG1 journey, very quickly, I noticed that it helps me with improved digestion, energy, and overall, I just feel great. It's just one scoop of powder mixed with water, once a day, making it a seamless and easy daily habit to maintain. I'm asked all the time about the one thing I'd do to take care of my health if I could only pick one. It'd be foundational nutrition, and AG1 is a top foundational nutrition product. Just one daily serving gives me the comprehensive foundational nutrition I need and supports energy, focus, strength, and clarity with 75 high-quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food-sourced ingredients. I can't think of another daily routine that pays off as well as AG1, which is why I trust the product so much. If you're looking for a simpler, effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs and a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash legalaf. That's drinkag1.com slash legalaf. Check it out. Welcome back. Great ad reads, Michael Popak. We are live here. So many on, of them. <laughs> we are live here on Legal AF. Want to mention this so that my younger brother, Jordy, does not get mad at me. Make sure you get your convict or convict 45 pin at store.midastouch.com. We are running out of these pins, and Jordy wants to make sure that everybody who wants one gets one before we run out of inventory. Go to store.midastouch.com. We got a bunch of other great stuff there, 100% union made, 100% made in the U.S. And also, you may be seeing on the uh, chat in the YouTube a bunch of Jack Smith emojis and legal AF emojis. And just so everybody knows how that works, if you become a member of the YouTube which is different than Patreon. But if you become a member of the YouTube page, there's that dollar sign at the bottom and you become a member, then you get access to the emojis. And also, if you're already a member, you could buy other people memberships so they could use emojis. So you could gift memberships and then you could put, if you want to be the recipient of a gift, you could click the dollar sign and say you want to be a recipient of the gift, but some fun emojis there. And speaking of Jack Smith, before getting into the ramifications, there's one other um, of, of the arraignment. There's one other observation that I just want to make was that during the arraignment, how special counsel Jack Smith was staring at Donald Trump. And for all of Donald Trump's bravado and bluster, wouldn't look Jack Smith in the face once, even though they were only about six to 10 feet apart. Jack Smith was looking right at him, which just goes to show you there's only one way you could really deal with Trump, which is directly with the force of the law. You know, no excuses, no delays. And that's Jack Smith here. Um, uh, pursuing a very aggressive prosecution. But Popak, why don't you tell us about the ramifications? And tell me, there's a lot of other cases still going on. There's Manhattan District Attorney case. There's the criminal case. That trial is supposed to go March of 2024. There's Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis. We expect an indictment against Donald Trump to take place in early August. There's the other special counsel Jack Smith case relating to the January 6th insurrection, not to mention potentially other criminal investigations still relating to the willful transmission of national defense information. There's the civil case by uh, New York Attorney General Letitia James talking about civil cases in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case against Donald Trump, the first case, which still hasn't gone yet. Um, Judge Lewis Kaplan set a trial date there for uh, January 15th of 2024 and allowed E. Jean Carroll to amend the complaint to add all of these additional allegations based on um, the defamatory statements Donald Trump made at that so-called CNN town hall and all the stuff that he did and said on his social media platform after he lost in the other trial where 
a jury award in E. Jean Carroll, $5 million, which Trump is appealing. So a lot of cases, it's going to keep us very busy. Um, but 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 tell us what are some of these ramifications yeah. that, that may be digging? We, as you just rattled off, we got four trials in six months, but do we? Sounds good, but we'll talk about what the reality is now that the federal indictment in the West Palm Beach, Miami, that we've we've talked at length about on this podcast has already come down and what that does to kind of change the weather in the room related to all the other cases. But let's do them in order first, just to show what's already on the board against him, assuming there were no other delays or preemptions, not well, not preemptions, uh, stays or postponements of trials. So let's in no particular order except for date order. We have uh, the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, um, has her civil fraud case currently on the books, and that's for $250 million against everybody named Trump, including Donald Trump, for October of 2023 in front of Judge Angoron and a jury in New York State Supreme Court. That's October 2023. Southern, flipping over to the federal court, also in New York, on the Southern District of New York, we've got... I was going to call it E. Jean Carroll 2, but it's really E. Jean Carroll 1 plus because it is the E. Jean Carroll case about defamation and punitive damages based on Donald Trump defaming her again at the CNN town hall in May, a day or two after her first trial. And that the judge has allowed the complaint to be amended, the pleading, which is the operative document to be uh, to be amended over objection by Alina Haba on behalf of Donald Trump and has already set because he's ready to go and there's not much discovery that has to be done. It was a two hour town hall um, set that for uh, January 15th of 2024. That has lead counsel Robbie Kaplan and I don't know, I guess Joe Tacopina, if you're spinning a wheel for Donald Trump. And then just 14 days later, also in the Southern District, now we're moving back to a civil case and not criminal case, a a multi-level marketing fraud case brought against also everybody named Trump, including his children, on the 29th of January of 2024, um, involving ACN, uh, which was a class action, uh, which is a class action case. Same lawyer as E. Jean Carroll has, Robbie Kaplan brought that case. That's just two weeks after this case. So those two are not, those two are going to have to get sorted out. Then on March 25th of 2024, Judge Mershon is currently presiding over the 34 count criminal state case against Donald Trump arising out of the Stormy Daniels hush money uh, cover up affair. And so that's scheduled. We, and we've got a indictment of Donald Trump in Florida, but not yet a trial date. We've got an indictment coming from Fawny Willis at the end of July, beginning of August, but of course, not yet a trial date. So how do we fit all these in? And are the other prosecutors and attorney generals worried? And the answer is yes. In fact, I think we're going to play the clip now of, of Tish James, Letitia James, New York attorney general on a competing podcast, but one that we like, uh, giving her comment right after the indictment this week in Miami about what that could mean for her case and the other cases. Let's play it. The special counsel has asked for a speedy trial for this. Is is this going to intersect with your case at all? How is everybody going to manage the calendar here? So in all likelihood, I believe that my case as well as DA Bragg um, and um, the Georgia case um, will unfortunately have to be adjourned pending the outcome of the federal case. Um, So it all depends upon uh, the scheduling of this particular case. I know there's gonna be a flood, a flurry of motions, motions to dismiss, discovery issues, all of that. So it really all depends. Obviously all of us um, wanna know what this judge, Judge Cannon is going to do and whether or not she's going to delay um, this particular case. Are are you concerned about that? um, I think everyone is concerned about that. Um, So obviously it will depend upon the scheduling. For those that don't know what uh, Letitia James uh, looks and sounds like, you got a good opportunity to see her there in an informal setting. Powerhouse, um, we respect her. I'm a, I, I practice. This is Manhattan behind me. I practice in one in one of her parts of her jurisdiction, um, but she's she is um, worried um, that the federal case that Jack Smith has brought is going to bump all the rest of them back. I think she's definitely right on her own. Her own case, I think, could easily be bumped back because of it, and the reason is. I mean, generally, federal cases do do generally take priority over the same defendant 
in um, over state cases and especially over civil cases. Federals go first. One, because in the federal system and under our constitution, there is a right to a speedy trial, meaning you could go as early as 70 days. It's supposed to be 70 days from indictment to trial. But let's be honest, complicated cases like the one against Donald Trump, even the government doesn't think they can do it in 70 days, including the exchange of documents, information, and get ready for trial. So the, the, the Trump Trump is going to waive his right to speedy trial, and that's going to allow Judge Cannon, and that is the one that's going to set the trial, to set a trial, we hope, in 2024. Uh, the uh, defense is going to push for as far out beyond primaries and election as possible, while the pro- prosecution is going to. So that's the push and the pull from the prosecution is going to be, no, no, we need four months total. Let's do it first quarter, maybe second quarter of 2024. Meantime, Tish James is like, I got a civil case, even though it's an amazing civil case that has abilities to bankrupt Donald Trump and put him out forever with a $250 million plus uh, disgorgement amount. Civil cases take a back seat and state civil cases take a back seat to federal criminal cases. The one case, and I want to hear your opinion on this one, Ben, the one case that I think may survive being bigfooted by the federal criminal case in Jack Smith is Judge Mershon's case, which was the first file. Manhattan DA got out of the shoot first. They indicted Donald Trump first two months ago. 34 counts, business record fraud, state claims in state court. Yes, there's an attempt by Trump to drag it into federal court. Let's assume it doesn't go there um, or that it stays on that same docket. I think Mershon is going to be like, well, that's great. But, you know, the prosecutor here was the first to file. Um, I got a trial date. Everybody's ready. I I told you to clear your calendars. You did. And as long as there's not a, a direct like Judge Cannon sets her trial for March or just around March of 2024. Gentlemen, ladies, you're going to trial. What do you think? I think we really have to see what you said at the end there. Is Judge Eileen Cannon going to set her trial for March? Is she going to set it within 90 days? Is she going to try to delay this thing for years? Is there going to be a ton of motion practice? You could almost certainly assume that Donald Trump's lawyers are going to file every single motion uh, imaginable, motion after motion to try to delay it. How will Judge Eileen Cannon balance that? Um, so that's the key thing that we're going to have to look at for the next, uh, you know, for the next two weeks, because Judge Eileen Cannon delays this thing for a significant period of time. Well, then I think Letitia James' civil case goes and Manhattan District Attorney's case goes. If Judge Eileen Cannon sets this trial uh, as special counsel Jack Smith wants it, a speedy trial, and it overlaps, I think the federal case would have precedent clearly over the civil case and I think also clearly over another federal, uh, uh, other state uh, criminal case, federal criminal case would have precedent over a state criminal case, especially one involving the types of charges here in the uh, federal indictment versus the falsification of business records uh, in the state criminal case. So there, there's not a lot of ba- bad outcomes, right? Because either one gets pushed back and one gets moved forward or, you know, but special counsel Jack Smith is trying to move this quick, which if that's achievable, I think we'd all be okay with the other cases being moved back um, because, you know, they can't take place at the same time. That's an impossibility. Um, they, they like they can't overlap, so you'd have to build in gaps and, between. And in the air traffic controller system, which there isn't one, especially between state and federal and criminal and civil, there's a few more planes that are going to get added to that runway, right? You've got, um, we know, based on even current data points, that um, uh, Fonnie Willis, Fulton County DA, Atlanta, is going to indict Donald Trump at the end of July, beginning of August. So that's another plane on the runway. Um, Jack Smith is not done, whether it's another Mar-a-Lago indictment out of New Jersey or D.C. or the Jan 6, the heart of the Jan 6 um, uh, prosecutions related to the insurrection and the interference with the peaceful transfer of power or the grifting by Donald Trump in his fundraising and the fraud related to that. There could be 
two, three, four, five more planes added to the four that we just talked about. And all of those have got to be sufficiently coordinated among the council to have them and the, and the judges to have these things go forward. But as, as you said, Ben, I totally agree with you. There's no bad outcome. This is like pinning you know, this is like Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels, where the the Lilliputians are pinning the the giant down one pin at a time um, onto the ground. I mean, each one of these stakes is like another. You know, he's got nine ultimately nine civil criminal cases to deal with in a one or one and a half year period. Um, he'll never. I'm just going to say the thing that people I think like to hear me say because it's I think it's true. He's not going to win the presidency. He is not going to win the presidency. And if he loses, which he will, um, to the Democrat, to Joe Biden running for re-election, he's toast. He's going to go, he's going to lose all of his money, and he's going to go to jail in at least two, if not three, if not all of these criminal cases. The chances of Donald Trump running the table and going 6-0 and oh in six different criminal cases, either because he got a hung jury or because he got, uh, he got acquitted or because... Is is like is, it's it's so infinitesimal that I wouldn't even bother to talk about it. It's like getting struck by lightning four different times. Not happening. That is the whistling in the graveyard. Graveyard that Donald Trump and his cult-like followers. That's what they're doing right now. They're just he's. This is weekend at Bernie's. He's dead. They're yeah. just propping him up and dragging him around with lipstick and, and sunglasses <laughs> for the next year and a half because their power positions depend on him maintaining a level of viability through primaries. Yeah, and look, he's not even asserting legitimate defenses. All of his lawyers, whether it was Jim Trustee or um, who, who, who was the other guy who left before Trustee two uh, or three John, weeks ago? John Raleigh. John Raleigh, but there was the other guy who left like two or, two oh, or three weeks. Tim Parlatore. Yeah, Tim Parlatore. You know, they were at least trying to create actual defenses to the crimes. And Trump's response was, no, I, I'm not even going to try to defend myself with the legal defenses. I'm just going to try to destroy the system. I'm just going to try to break it. And that's Trump's gamble right here, which is he's going to try to break the system, destroy it, seize power, and then destroy the democracy. Like that's what he's trying to do. It's not, I'm actually gonna legitimately defend these cases and, and defend these charges, um, which is why it's just so critical that we all remain very vigilant, that we continue to build and expand this pro-democracy community. And it's why I'm just so grateful for all the legal AFers out there um, all the Midas Mighty, everybody who watches and listens to this. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of this pro-democracy community, inspiring us, even when we're not feeling great, to jump on and make sure we're sharing these weekends together and uh, spreading the word about uh, facts, truth, humanity, decency, dignity, um, the importance of our democracy with the love for our country, with the true love for our constitution. So thank you all so much, Michael Popak. Always a pleasure spending this time with you again so that Jordy doesn't get upset at me. Everybody get your Convict 45 pins at store.mitastouch.com. They really are cool pins. There's a bunch of other legal AF gear as well on store.mitastouch.com. Everything is 100% made in the US. Everything is 100% union made to all the YouTube viewers. Make sure you subscribe to Legal AF on audio. Super simple to do. Just whatever audio podcast device you use, just subscribe to Legal AF. Search it, Legal AF. And for those who listen on audio podcasts, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by searching for the Midas Touch Network. And if you want to access those emojis or um, become a member of our YouTube, you see that dollar sign at the bottom right of the YouTube. You could buy memberships or gift memberships for other people, get yourself a membership, and then you could unlock all of the emojis and other cool features that uh, YouTube allows you to have. All right, thank you everybody for watching. I'm gonna get a little bit of rest, have a little bit of vitamin C, and uh, try to take it easy. Until next time, I'm Ben Micellis, joined by Michael Popak. Have a great rest of the weekend, have a great week, and a special shout out to the Midas Mighty. Mighty.